This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. Hello and welcome into Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I am Brandon Spinner, one of your co-hosts, alongside one of my good buddies, Mr. Mikey Burns. Mikey, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up? I'm, I'm, my arm is freaking sore. I went... I think six innings, seven innings last night. Seven innings, pitching, and uh, I probably I think should it's have only six went... on the box score. Okay, I probably should have only went five. <laughs> how many? How many pitches did you throw? At least at, at minimum a hundred. I don't know if I had an accurate count, but I threw a minimum a hundred pitches through six. You just had surgery, bro. <laughs> oh, that was clean up. It's okay. As long okay. as I. As long as I take a rest now. We got a week with the, the holiday, a week off, so. Okay, well, yeah. I'll be back sure. to uh, to uh, sitting them down as they come up. <laughs> so how'd it go last night? You went seven, uh, six innings? Six innings, I think it was, do you remember it more than I do? I think it was five runs, four earned. Five runs, four earned. Four strikeouts. Yeah. Three hits batsmen and three walks. Yeah, I was gonna say, what did the what did the, well you played the Cubs, so what did the Cubs do to you that you They had five lefties and as a right hander uh my, just yanking it. They were able to just poke the ball. They really no, I they was had saying, they, why were you hitting batters? Oh, why was I hitting batters? Yeah. Uh it was my first outing where my arm felt fantastic and so I was really trying to light up the radar gun on some pitches. So every time I hit them it was with a Head head turning. Let me throw this up there fastball. Uh, <laughs> Seventy two to the ribs. <laughs> well, uh, that is Michael's stat line from this game. Just wanted to throw out that uh, Tommy Lombard was zero for three with two strikeouts and two base on balls. He actually called me and said, "Hey man, it's okay. You can drop me lower in the order now." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. You're uh, you're Pete Rose, your player and coach. So right. Mikey Burns. Pete Rose. This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast, episode 31. If you're new to the episodes, if you're new to our podcasts, thank you and welcome. We normally start off our podcasts by choosing who we think is the best player to ever wear the number of what our episode is. And this is episode 31. So, Michael Burns, have you done any research on who is the best number 31 to ever play the game? I sure did, Brandon. And uh... Is that a joke or are you actually... Michael no, normally really never did. does research. No, I actually did. I had some time. Both kids were home today, uh, and so I had a little extra time during nap time and such. I came and sat down. was like, oh. I looked at the agenda and was like, number. I got to look at the number. And I think this is a pretty easy one today. I was going to say, let's make this a fast one, I think. Um, there are some decent names on the list, but I think there's one that just trumps all of them. Uh, I would say that out of the names on the list, I'm not going to put them in any order. We've got Mike Piazza, we've got Fergie Jenkins, Greg Maddox, as well as Dave Winfield, who wore it for the and Yankees Chuck, in the podcast. Chuck Finley. That was a name growing up that I thought was really cool. Chuck Finley on the Angels. Did he play? Where else did he play? Twins. The Twins, Chuck Finley. I, I see. I'm, I more so remember Chuck Finley on the Angels. I was, I was on the Twins at one point in baseball, so I remember Chuck Finley on the Twins. Oh, that... That that checks. So that yeah, checks. um, who's who's your uh, who's the number thirty one that just trumps them all? Uh, Greg Maddox. 
Oh, mean. is that who you're thinking? <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, joking. Yes, that's, uh, how I, that's how I'm joking. How do you beat that eight-time All-Star, four-time Cy Young, 18 gold gloves? Some guys only get 18 the... seasons, and this guy has 18 <laughs> gold gloves. Correct. Uh, he, I have one gripe, though. He only was 97.2% when he was voted into the Hall of Fame in 2014, and I'm going to be going... Who the hell didn't vote for him? Yes, come on, come here. Who did it? Who did it? Come here. I got. I'm gonna I got have to it. find the list. Also, he never played for the Twins, by the way. He did played he for the Angels in the in the Indians, Indians and then the Cardinals. Okay, but did Greg so Maddox he, retire as a Cub or a Brave or no or no team? Do you know? I, I oh, did he go into the Hall of Fame? Yes. Is that what you're saying? He went in hatless, I believe. Okay, I I could not find on his page what it said. So I think he went in hatless because he didn't want to choose between the two. But Hall of Famer 2014, he's third all time in pitcher career win probability added. Do you know who the only two ahead of him are? Win probability added. Yeah. So added more probability of a win to his team in his entire career. Uh, let's go Roger Clemens and. Randy Johnson. Roger Clemens is one of them, and Lefty Grove is the other. Okay, I wouldn't have gotten that one. Lefty Grove at 82.9 wins probability added, and Clemens is 77.8. Maddox is all the way down in third at 59.5. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, his nickname? Mad Dog. That's one of them. That's not the one you were looking for, though. The Professor. Is it the Professor? He was the original professor, and that's why okay. they nicknamed Kyle Hendricks the professor, the professor. because he's pr- pretty close to the same thing. But get this stat line. 106.6 war, which is 27th all-time. That's eighth in pitcher war. 355 to 227 wins to losses. An ERA of 316. Wow. 5,008 innings pitched. That's a lot. Yes. If you think of it. 3,371 strikeouts, so member of the 3,000 club. He's a member of the 300 club. 999 walks in those 5,008 innings pitched. What's that whip? Is that right there? Greg Maddox, career whip, 1.143. I mean, how did that? who was the one guy that did not see the ERA? Because you blow up seasons where you might have like a 4-5 ERA. You just didn't have mm-hmm. it that year. And he still had a 3.1. Hall of Famer. <laughs> Yeah. So, number 31 there. Number 31, the Greg Maddox episode. So, Love cheers it. to Mad Dog. That is the first Cubs jersey I ever bought. Was oh, a, yeah? a Greg Maddox jersey, yeah. A, a jersey or jersey? No, jersey, jersey. Like uh-huh. I spent 150 bucks on a like at that point in time majestic. the authentic stitched majestic jersey. Now that's just what the replicas cost because Inflation and greedy owners. Uh, but speaking of greedy owners, we are the owner of this podcast, and we are greedy for your attention. Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball podcast. We are on YouTube. You may be watching us there. You'll be seeing Michael and his National Barrel Company t-shirt. I'm rocking one of the hottest team in baseball's jerseys today um, because I figured it was apropos for this episode. And my Barrels and Barrels hat, and we'll get to more merch on that in just a few seconds. But this is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon baseball podcast on YouTube. Michael, we're up to 295 subscribers. I looked at it five weeks ago. We were at 150. So we've nearly doubled in five weeks. So that's a push for those of you watching to click that subscribe button if you haven't already. 
We are a podcast that talks about bourbon and baseball. Uh, head on over to Instagram. That's where you can find us at Barrels and Barrels Pod. And if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, or any of those, also you can follow us on YouTube at Barrels and Barrels Pod, Facebook at Barrels and Barrels Pod, and Twitter at Barrels and Barrels. The middle initial is N in all of those. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Google, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Please rate us and review us. If you're new to the podcast, we'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Michael, we got two more five-star ratings on Apple. So we are 18 out of 18, and then we are still at 12 out of 12. But we got two new reviews. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. I, I was about to, I see your, uh, your note here. That's exciting. 18 reviews, too? That's awesome, man. Or is yeah. it reviews or just ratings? 18 ratings. 18 five-star out of five ratings but there are some reviews and we got two new ones g mac d I, I tell you guys if you leave a review we're gonna read it g mac d two of the best topics these gents deliver with their bourbon reviews and baseball well it's the best sport keep up the great work fellas so whoever g mac d is thank you next one comes from geology guy which that's gonna be trey whiskey on the rocks yep. on instagram Super knowledgeable guys talking about whiskey and baseball. What's better than that? They're very statistically oriented and balanced in their reviews. I don't get to watch as much baseball as I'd like, so I rely on them to keep me up to date with what's going on in the league. Cheers. Let's go. Let's Thank go. you, Trey. We appreciate it. And if you leave us a review, if you leave us a rating, we will read it up on our podcast. We are heading on into the 4th of July weekend. Uh, Michael, I figured let's go with some heat for this week's bourbon review. As we are a bourbon and baseball podcast, but this week's high not proof a and high heat. Yeah, high proof, high heat. So we're going to go with a high proofer, but it's not a bourbon. It's actually a wheat whiskey because we're going wheat. this week with Bernheim Original Kentucky Straight Wheat Whiskey. Wheat. We, wheat. we didn't wait until the end to say wheat like we did a couple <laughs> weeks ago with Journeyman. Uh, pouring it into my Wisdom Official new. Whiskey Glass from Whiskey Whiskey Chronicles, who is Will Lee. Uh, you can find him. I just did a, um, a speed tasting with him. I won't dive too much into that, but you can go uh, to Will's. Oh. Yeah, it's a hot one. It's sniffing so, it. Yeah, it smacks you in the nose there right away. So this Bernheim Original Kentucky Straight Wheat Whiskey, barrel proof, coming from Heaven Hill Distillery. So they've had an original Bernheim that was just proofed down. That has been an everyday shelfer. But this is going to be an allocated release, similar to what they do with the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. And it's basically their barrel proof line, right? They've got Elijah Craig, they've got Larceny Barrel Proof, and now they've got Bernheim Original uh, Barrel Proof. Same sticker style, how they have barrel proof at the bottom, like Mm -hmm. Elijah Craig and Larceny. Yep, same sticker style. Batch A223 Proof, 118.8. So that's an ABV of 59.4. Mash bill on this puppy, 51% wheat, 37% corn, and 12% malted barley. So there's your mash bill. Uh, It's not just straight wheat. No rye. Yeah, no rye. It uses soft winter wheat as the main grain in its recipe and represents the first truly American whiskey style to be introduced since Prohibition. The newest expression, Bernheim Barrel Proof, is made from barrels of wheat whiskey aged from seven to nine years that are mingled together and bottled uncut without filtration. So this is going to be a twice annual release from Heaven Hill. So I would expect probably August, maybe September. It depends. Then maybe even October. When was this one out? 
uh, February. So it's A223. Mm. A okay. stands for the first batch of the year. The first two stands for what month of the year? That would be February. And then the 23 is the year. Elijah Craig comes out 159, as does the Larceny, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, that's correct. So I would expect if they're doing two, then maybe they do 10, or maybe they do... I, I don't think it's going to come out in June. We're already almost through June here on the 29th. But that is this week's Whiskey of the Week. Is can't say bourbon. That's right. Even though you know, Maker's Mark does the same winter wheat that we uh, talked about in uh, our Maker's Monday review. It's mm-hmm. the first time I'd heard winter wheat, and so this is the second time um, here uh, right away again. I haven't had Bernheim before at all, whether it's the regular, barrel-proof, anything. So I have high expectations out of this one. Um, I like barrel-proof. I like Heaven Hill. It's probably my favorite distillery. And you like um, wheat. I like wheat. Uh, Elijah Craig barrel-proof is probably my favorite pour to go to all the time. So um, I've got big expectations. Nosing this puppy, sweet. You can smell the, the heat on it, though. Yeah, like I feel can. like... You can get the heat through the nose. It, bur- it just, burns your nose a little bit. A little bit. But I think there's a sweet caramel. I get yes, some absolutely. oak right away. Mm-hmm. Oak. You can tell it's a weeder. Mm-hmm. I got some like sweet tarts on the nose. Maybe a gobstoppery type of deal. I can see the sweet tarts. Gobstoppers are a little dull, in my opinion. You get to the center and they're not as sweet as, as this guy's smelling here. Do you get any marshmallows on this guy? No. I do get some of that toasty smoke, but not marshmallow. Mine is more like a candy-ish, like a creme brulee, almost. Like where it's the candied sugar rather than like a... A taffy A one. dessert, yeah. Or like, so there's, in my mind, there's like candy sugar, and then there's like chocolate sugar. Does that make sense? Confectioner. Yeah. Confectioner sugar, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Confectionate type. Conf- Confectionate. Isn't that like a term for like confectioner? Confectionate sugar? I think confectioner sugar is just powdered sugar. It's just a fancy way of saying powdered sugar. I think so too. <laughs> I learned the type that's, uh, I'll, I'll use that to make uh, icing for pancakes for the kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. But what, uh, I took a sip. Definitely, uh, definitely 118. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hot. It, it's hot. It hits you. I don't think it's bad. Mm. Of, of a hot that's what i usually want if i'm drinking if i'm pulling something off the shelf up for uh, that says 118 i want it to a little bit usually a little that bit, brings yeah. the flavors oh definitely i think you can instantly pull the oak and the wood out of this for me like that's right on the tongue right away as far as the it i wouldn't say it's terribly hot though i think there's a tingle for sure i don't think it overtakes everything though right like sometimes you get some things that are just really hot and you lose the flavor you lose like everything with it i don't think that's the case with this i think you get the chance to pull out different flavors and i was breathing it in i was gonna say try that try like no don't drink it breathe in the aromas and you get oak when you do that Uh, yeah like you said when you first drink it you got oak i get i get that's weeder i get the oak you get the caramel as well. Um, it's not toffee-ish. It's not um, butterscotchy at all. Uh, I don't get a long finish out of it. Do you? See, I got a little more butterscotch and caramel than I think you did. 
and then it's more of a like a sweet finish that kind of fades early, mm-hmm. but it's still there to me as I'm talking. I feel more of the burn on the finish than more of the flavor, but I still feel some oak coming through on the tongue as I talk. Yeah, I wonder if it's you know compared to like a. I would say a high proof maker's mark, but they the highest proof maker's mark I've ever had is the 110. Yeah. Um, is this is still the maker's mark still isn't more wheat than corn on the mash bill, right? Because it's still a bourbon, it's still it's a bourbon. This is not, corn. yeah. So yeah. this is 51% wheat. What do you think of this whiskey? I mean, I'm enjoying it. It's uh, got not sour but earthy, I think, from that wheat a little bit. As I had burped, I had to meet my mic there for a second. <laughs> um, I, I like I, I like the the wheat aspect of it. I think I'm missing the corn flavors a little bit. Out of it. I, I get a little bit of it more so than what we had on the journeyman because the journeyman was 100% wheat. But the journeyman was good. I I'm gonna rank this everyday player on our list. I think this is great. I enjoy this, and to be honest, we did a blind at Newberry Brother Prohibition Bar a couple weeks ago with Heaven Hill products. There were eight different products. There was this, their original Bernheim, Elijah Craig Regular, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, then most of the rise, Rittenhouse mm-hmm. Rye, Pikesville, uh, regular Evan Williams Bottle and Bond, and then regular Evan Williams Black Label, and blindly, this is the one that I chose the best out of the eight. So, nice. I'm going everyday player with this. I think, as you mentioned, the finish is maybe a little lacking, and that's what I would change to make this more of an all-star. But I enjoy this pour, and I'm not disappointed. This is an MSRP of $64.99. So For how many, how old is it? Seven to nine years. Depends on the uh, the release. This one doesn't say the exact year, but they're going to be ranging from seven to nine years, and I'm wondering if they're blending seven to nine-year barrels. So... Uh, that's why there isn't the age statement. I think it's a good price for the uh, for the age and the proof. Usually, uh, stuff that age and that proofed is eighty, ninety dollars. Yeah, like well, but Elijah if Craig. you think about their Elijah Craig, that is actually sixty five bucks, or it's supposed to be, and that's twelve to right. thirteen years. So I, usually, I have to pay eighty bucks from from for that. Well, not at the ABC stores, but you ain't gonna find it at an ABC store. Uh uh-uh. uh I don't, I don't, I don't set out folding chairs at all, or my lawn chairs, at the ABC store. And that's what you got to do the night before or early in the morning of, around here. That's that's a story for another time. Maybe the off season we'll talk about bourbon hunting in Alabama. But what do you rate this whiskey, Michael Burns? I I, I enjoy this pour. Um, I think the the winter wheat being the heavy aspect of it is giving me a little bit of like a like a not sour. Um, taste to it but i enjoy i enjoy the pour i think it's a a nice different pour um i would probably choose a maker's mark over it if i'm if i want a weeder but Mm -hmm. i enjoy this is definitely a proof that maker's mark doesn't touch um but for for that for that aspect i'm benching the guy um it's it's i'm 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 on the side of things it's a benched everyday player it's not like i was talking myself mm-hmm. to dfa this thing <laughs> just in case you were wondering there uh usually that's what happens when i talk through it a lot is i end up dfaing it uh, <laughs> but no this was this was a good pour um i enjoyed the the proof the high proof on a weeder 
Um, it just gave me like an earthy sour a little bit that I couldn't everyday player it. And for those of you who are new to our podcast, again, welcome. But we rate and review our whiskey on a baseball rating scale, which goes from the top of the top, which is Hall of Famer, the best of the best. We have yet to do one of those. So keep on trying, Whiskey World. Next is all-star which is just like on your team you've got all-stars and we get we'll get to that because it's all-star season here michael but uh no all-star for this one however we have a couple of good all-stars those are the bottles that you want to back up to your backup number three everyday player that's something that's always going to be on your shelf that's a bottle that you constantly buy once you're out of it bench player which michael just rated this that's a bottle that you mix up your lineup every once in a while. Maybe once a week you go to it. Maybe every other week. Maybe once a month. It mixes up the lineup. It's like a pinch hitter in baseball, a spot starter, or even uh, one of those long relievers. Then designate for assignment. Michael See mentioned you. he was talking. He was not talking down towards the designate for assignment, but designate for assignment means you're kicked off the team. Go find another home. And yeah. You don't want one of those. That's one of those bottles you pour down the drain or you bake with or you say, hey, go mix that. You bake with. Yeah, I've, I've seen at Publix they have a bunch of those Jack Daniels whiskey cakes right now. And I'm, <laughs> no, thank you. Nope. Nope. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've had no one of those. I think I, I think I have and I was not. You know, A like, whiskey mm. cake? Yeah, Is whiskey it? cake. I'll send, you a, I'll send you a picture. Is it the Tortuga about. one? I've seen that at Costco. I don't think so. It's a Jack Daniels oh. whiskey cake at, oh. at at the grocery store. At the Publix? At the Publix. The Publix, yes. But we just rated this. I rated it as an everyday player. Michael, you went with a bench player. But I think that for the first part of the Barrel Proof line for Bernheim Original, they did a very, very good job on this wheat whiskey. Yeah, it was tasty. I'm excited to see what they do going forward now that this is going to be an, a twice annual release for probably that's the Heaven better Hill. part. This is Heaven Hill Distillery out of Bardstown. Oh, technically, it's distilled and bottled by Bernheim Distillery, but they're well, who owns Heaven it? Hill. Yeah, yeah. So it's Heaven Hill. It's coming from Heaven Hill. This is going to be found at the Heaven Hill gift shop if you go. <laughs> right. So Heaven exactly. Hill. So before we dive into baseball, I did want to talk about the whiskey world. Still, some other news going on with this, Michael. Did you see who just won best bourbon in the world? Best bourbon in the world. I feel like I saw this pop up. San Francisco um, World Spirits Competition just to know, announced their best in class and best overall spirits. And this year's best overall bourbon is... It's not a Penelope, is it? No. Augusta Distillery Buckner's Aged 13-Year Single Barrel Kentucky Straight Bourbon. That's a say mouthful. That, say that again. <laughs> Augusta Distillery Buckner's Aged 13 years single barrel Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, which is Augusta Distillery out of Augusta, Kentucky, which is 45 minutes to my east. Not Georgia. Not Augusta, Georgia, but Augusta, Kentucky. Wow. And so that was that was the San Francisco uh, mm -hmm. competition San Francisco that said world's, world's best. Yep. San Francisco World Spirits Competition best bourbon overall. Best in the so world. Will they have that at the gift shop for you if you uh, drove over there 45 minutes? They're actually sold out. They just went on Sealbox last Friday and they sold out within minutes. Dang. I, I, yeah. you, I, you live near it. Did you know? 
I didn't know it was there, you, to be honest. Really? <laughs> no offense to Augusta. I found out from my coworker because she just went and she did a story on them. I had heard of them. I just didn't know it was Augusta, Kentucky. In my mind, I hear Augusta, and I just think Augusta, Georgia. I was thinking you were you were going to say St. Augustine out of Florida when you said I heard UG. I UG? was thinking August, St. I Augustine. Say, I didn't say St. before the UG. I know, but in my head, <laughs> that's immediately where my mind went. <laughs> I'm giving you crap, Mikey. Sorry, Brandon. But, I'm sorry. <laughs> but congrats to Augusta Distillery. I'm going to have to go check that out. That's like a 45 to 55 minute drive just east of the Cincinnati Metro, right along the Ohio River. Is it a big big spot, big place? They're actually building right now. So what they're doing is they're renovating a building. And I believe that by January, they'll start distilling from their own distillery. I believe they're sourcing right now. That would be my guess. Because if they're just building and they're putting out a 13-year-old whiskey, my guess is that they're not distilling that themselves. That's off to whoever they got it from. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but uh, yeah, best overall whiskey for 2023. I bet it's going to be like uh, Irons won here in Huntsville. He won uh, fifty number one in 50 best, and you couldn't buy it for the next two years. Yeah. Unless you bought the announcement that it was coming. Um, so I bet that's what happens with this Augusta, especially being a smaller operation, probably. I know they have a 15-year. They've got an 8-year as well. That 8 years, I think, around 70 bucks. So that's something you're more likely to probably find. Uh, but I'll definitely be searching this out. Or if anybody's had this or have had a pour of it, let us know what you think. Or if you're willing to send was a, a pub- sample publicity of it. stunt or was it actually world's best was this a, a fine single barrel because it see, says I on the website single barrel see i don't think that san francisco world spirits competition would do something for a publicity stunt like that's an actual competition judged like that's where all these double blind. golds come from yeah it's all blind so hats off to augusta distillery yeah fantastic that's a that's a huge uh so huge, huge boon to them for sure. Mm-hmm. Puts World's them on the best map. bourbon. Mm-hmm. I think seventeen ninety two, either full proof or bottle and bond won it a couple of years ago. Was it twenty twenty? Maybe twenty nineteen? But uh, I can't. I can't remember the list. But that was who won it twenty twenty three. So moving on, we are a bourbon and baseball podcast. If you're just joining us, uh, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but we kind of transitioned from the bourbon part to baseball using a trivia question. And Michael, I figured that this trivia question, usually I, I go to a website, I pull a random trivia question, but this one popped in my head today. Let's go. I was interested. Right. So I kind of did some research on this one. Ooh. Last night we had a perfect game of baseball, the 24th ever perfect game some would say 25 we'll get to that in a second which pitcher or pitchers had the highest number of strikeouts in their perfect game um i'm which pitcher or pitchers that they're tied right now mm-hmm. i bet i can get one of them and one of them is a name i talked about earlier it's randy johnson is that your final answer i bet randy johnson's even throw a perfect game Randy Johnson did throw a perfect game against the Braves in 2004 with the Diamondbacks, but he struck out 13. Sandy Koufax and Matt Cain struck out 14. Matt Cain, okay. With the Giants? Yeah, Yeah, with the Giants. I think that was back in 2012. I could be wrong on the year, but I think that was 2012, the same year that 
Felix, uh, King Felix Hernandez through his, which was the last perfect game. But yeah, uh, both Sandy Koufax, who did it against the Cubs, and then Matt Cain, who had 14. Okay, that's... Usually the perfect games are a little bit luck, and you know we can. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to get into the perfect game now? Or you? Oh, or, or, uh... yeah. Let's jump into it. Domingo yeah. Herman. I'm sure you've heard this already. If you're a baseball fan, through the first perfect game since 2012, I didn't realize it had been 11 years or nearly. For a perfect years. game, right? Yeah. Right. The... Who was so? Who was the last one? King Felix, August 15th hey, well, of 2020, uh, 2012. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like those are always the wild ones. You never, you never see these coming. Mm-mm. No hitters, perfect games. You never see these comings. Um, I mean, you look at Herman's last three starts. His last three starts, okay? Two innings, seven earned runs. Mm-hmm. And then his start before the perfect game, 3.1 innings, eight earned runs. And then he goes on and throw a perfect game. Yep. Like a lot of people I mean, were saying... What was that money line looking like? <laughs> the chances, the odds that of all the pitchers in baseball, all the matchups, perfect. I mean, I guess him. if you were looking at the odds and you saw they were facing Oakland, that was probably the better odds out of every team, but still uh, right, amazing. And I uh, had to clap back on some people on Facebook yesterday. They're like, it was against a minor league team. It was against Oakland. It doesn't count. No, go F yourself. This is one of the most amazing accomplishments in baseball. There's only been 24. No one some would reached say 25. first base. No one right. reached first base. He's had nine strikeouts, so the other 18 did come in the field. There were some decent plays. A lot of it does rely on luck, right? Like your defenders aren't going to make an error. Uh, like how bad would you feel if you were the only guy who made an error in that game, right? So that's what's so amazing about it. It's not only just a pitcher's feat. It's a it's a team feat that, mm-hmm. like you just said, no errors were made. If you think about it, no hitter. Yeah, the pitcher can feel ground, you know, get the ground ball, get the pop flies. But the perfect game, the team itself was perfect. And that's, yeah, that, like you said, the last one was 2012. 2012, and there were three that year. My goodness. King Felix in August. Matt Cain in June, and I believe Philip Umber with the White Sox, who yeah. no one had ever heard of. Exactly. This is he that did it type against the Mariners. Yeah. I'm saying. And it just comes out of year. nowhere. Three in that year, and we haven't had one since. So uh, it it was also the highest scoring for a winning team in a perfect game in World Series era history. 11 to nothing by the Yankees. The other one was 10 to nothing in Matt Cain's game, uh, where the Giants beat the Astros. But... I didn't even know about it until you sent me a text. I was just like kind of falling asleep on the couch and you're like, you got anything for this? And I was like, what are you talking about? And I saw the top of the ninth. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. I went to tune in. I went to MLB uh, TV will highlight, you know, put a red, red logo across it. Oh, yeah. Perfect game or no hitter going on. And um, that's when I was like, Oh crap. Do we have anything put together for this? Let me, let me message Brandon. Cause I always, I always message you, but, before I go work on something, because I don't want uh, double double dipping going on and be like, oh, I just made this graphic. And then, uh, yeah, anyways. Um. So I saw someone say, well, no one was there to see it because it was Oakland. There are actually <laughs> a handful of perfect games that had fewer people at the attendance. So there was 12,400 plus there in Oakland last night. Dallas Braden's in 2010 on Mother's Day 
had like 12,200. But in 1981, 7,290 for Len Barker's. Mike Witt in, two, in 1984, 8,375 in Texas. Uh, Catfish Hunter did it for the Athletics against the Twins in Oakland to 6,298. So see right there, I mean, people are looking for any way to put this down. I mean, I know mm-hmm. Herman has, has a past a little bit of some, oh, some, some uh, things outside of baseball. Yeah, but we won't. I mean, still, we're, if we're going to look at the baseball aspect of it, that was a huge, oh, for sure. huge um, accomplishment. An ama- amazing accomplishment. Like like I said, it's only happened 25 times. And I'm saying 25, and I've thrown that number out there a couple times because Armando Galarraga did it in whatever year that did was. It, right. But I want to say it was 2000. I don't know. Was that 2010? Like a while. I want to say that's the number I had in my head too was 2010. Verlander uh, was with the Tigers. Was June not? 2nd, 2010. So, yeah. Uh, we, we should have 25. It was a perfect game. With an asterisk would, on it. Would you say the umpire blew it? <laughs> oh, he blew it. And we did a review on that with one of our bourbon reviews earlier on in our podcast. So go find that one. That is the Blue Note store pick from Major League Bourbon. But yeah, Domingo Herman, uh, incredible performance. He's the fourth Yankee to do it. And he is the fourth Yankee to have a first name that started with a D to throw oh a perfect game. <laughs> These stats, man. These Don stats. Larson. Who's the only one to ever do it in a World Series game? David Wells and David Cohn. Oh, okay. And all three of those years in 1950 something for Larson, 1998 for David Wells, and 1999 for David Cohn, the Yankees won the World Series in all three of those years. Oh, well, here comes the end of that streak. If you're going <laughs> to bet the trend here, you may want to just throw some money on the Yankees. Do it. <laughs> it would actually soften the blow if they actually won the World Series, right? It would soften which blow? It would soften the blow of like having to deal with the Yankees winning another World Series if you made some money oh, off of it. Oh, right. 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 Um, it would make it a little easier to stomach. If, if you just threw that out there. What's any, any clue what the Yankees' odds right now are to win the World Series? Uh, they are plus fifteen hundred as of this moment now. So if I put a hundred bucks, what does that mean? If I put a hundred bucks on it and they win, you would get thousand five hundred dollars back plus your okay. one hundred dollars back. So it would be a total coming back to you of sixteen hundred dollars and a profit profit of fifteen hundred. Put it put a dollar and it'll win you a nice bottle of bourbon. <laughs> put a dollar and it win you <laughs> Evan Williams bottle and bond. <laughs> <laughs> one dollar is fifteen hundred. Oh, uh, why was I think? Why was I think? Oh, so ten dollars, hundred. Yeah, ten dollars wins you one hundred and fifty, and you might be able to buy that Augusta Buckner's because that's two hundred dollars MSRP. Oh, geez. Yes, yes, geez is right. So yeah, one dollar wins you fifteen bucks. Ten dollars wins you one hundred and fifty. They're the sixth highest odds right now. So, like, the six best odds. The Braves, the Rays, the Dodgers, the Rangers, the Astros, and the Yankees are your top six. So, I don't know how much value what? there is there. The Yankees, uh, fi- the Yankees, the Yankees are trash. And they're yeah. the sixth best? Yeah, six. Well, so, you got to remember, a lot of these odds come from bets, right? Like, if 
Okay. A casino is taking all this money in action on a certain team. They have to lower the odds because if for some reason the Yankees win, then they're screwed. Do you know what I'm saying? They have to pay that out. So a lot of the times those odds change based on not necessarily how they're playing, but how, how the market is reacting to them. Yeah. Correct. So Fangraph's projected wins for the Yankees right now, as of today, which is the night of June 29th, has them to be 88 and 74 with a 4.2% chance of winning the World Series. Still has actually the Blue Jays ahead of them in postseason and World Series chances. I would believe that. I would believe that that the Yankees um, are just lost. I feel like, but. I mean, name who is on offense for them. That is a stud. Stanton just came back. Stanton just came back. But, like, that's the thing is without Aaron Judge, they're a below 500 team. They're 15 and 17 without Judge in the lineup this year, and they're 30 and 19 when he's in the lineup. Have they announced that Judge is out for the year? No, but he did have that toe injury. He said he's going to miss several months. I don't believe he's out for the year at this point, but that's a huge blow to that team. Uh, he's got a torn ligament in his toe. From crashing so, into that wall, I believe. Yeah, in L.A., right? I'm not sure where it was. When he went, ran through the door in L.A.? Mm-hmm. In right field. The home. Yeah, yeah. so that was against the Dodgers a few weeks ago, and maybe even a month ago already. Uh, but right now, according to uh, Fangraphs, they have the fifth best odds in the American League to win the World Series. Uh, in the league right now, they are the... Quick math, ninth best percentage at 4.2%. Teams ahead of them, the Diamondbacks, Blue Jays, Astros, Giants, Rangers, Dodgers, Rays, and the Braves. So, Didn't you yeah, post something Yanke- about Judge, the Yankees with Judge and the Yankees without Judge? Yeah, and, and I just, just updated it, and you're seeing it right now on YouTube. So there's another push. Go check us out on YouTube, Barrels and Barrels Pod. Again, Barrels and Barrels Pod. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. But, yeah, coming in to play on Friday – which is when this podcast will drop. The Yankees are 15 and 17 without Judge in the lineup, and they are 30 and 19 with him. They currently sit uh, at 45 and 36. So we mentioned crazy, you know, weird stats that they keep track of. Um, the Yankees in day games are 22 and 7. They are unbelievable. They play at Wrigley Field. <laughs> <laughs> they are unbelievable during the day because at night. They're 23 and 29 under 500. With a perfect game, though. With <laughs> a <The> perfect game. <laughs> but so the Yankees had a perfect game last night. Earlier this week, we had something real cool. Shohei Otani, we gushed on him last week. I got to gush on him again. He did something that I don't think has ever been done before. Had 10 strikeouts and two home runs in the same game. He as a pitcher did it all hitter. by himself. Yep. Beat the White Sox all by himself. I think that was was that Tuesday or was that Monday? It was one of those days this week. I'm surprised they won. Yeah, I'm surprised they won though. Usually that's the type of thing that you hear. The Angels, <laughs> Mike Trout and Otani both hit three home runs and went five for five, and the Angels lost eight oh. to seven. <laughs> well, that's just like this past weekend. I don't know if anybody was watching, but the Angels scored 25 runs on Saturday. They outscored the Colorado Rockies in Colorado, like. Something along the lines of like 35 to 12, and they went one and two in the series. Unbelievable. And that's that's why they fell in the standings. They're, uh, mm-hmm. 
they were they were climbing their way up, looking like a legit team, and all of a sudden they find themselves again in third place. Yeah, they outscored them thirty-two to twelve, and they lost two of three games because they scored twenty-five of those runs in game two. I was watching that game. I had turned it on at work, and it was one to nothing at the time. And I went and I went to the weather center for five to ten minutes. I thought I came back. I was like, "Holy crap!" Oh, they scored high thirteen runs. They scored thirteen runs in an inning. Then the next inning, they scored eight runs. I was like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> I think the record's 30. So I was like, tune it in pretty strong. They didn't get to it, but yeah, 25 runs in that game. They gave up a solo home run towards the end of the game. I was hoping they were going to get a 25 to nothing shutout because how terrible. Uh, I was listening to Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000, and they asked, what would you do as a fan of the Rockies in that situation? Would you get up and leave in the third inning after they scored 13 runs? And then again, after they scored eight runs? Now, if you're like an uh, if you're a season ticket holder, yes, you're getting up and leaving. If you're your there, like like us, like if we traveled to Chicago, you're I guess you're going to the concession stand. Yeah, uh, so they were they were talking back and forth about it. One guy was like, "No, I'm not paying for anything in that stadium because everything's so damn expensive. I'll go drink and watch the game from the bar across the street because it's going to be cheaper to drink a beer." But if I was traveling to Colorado for that game, and that was the one game this year I was going to see in Colorado, I'm staying until the end. Because also, I wanted to see if there could potentially be history. Because if they scored 31 runs, that's the most runs ever scored in a game. And you could say, I was there. You go and trade the guy next to you for his hat, see if he'll give you, if there happens to be an Angels fan there. <laughs> hey, man, would you mind? Yeah, would you mind? <laughs> I really am feeling down right now. Would you mind giving me that hat? But Otani, man, he is insane. He really I mean, is. I, I used to think that he was being upplayed so much. That game right there just showed it. That Well, that game in this season, I mean, by war on baseball reference, he's at like a 6.9, and Acuna, who's second in all of baseball, is like 4.3. My goodness. I mean, that, that's what Dan, Dansby Swanson all year in his career year put up 6-4. Right. And Otani's done that through June. Mm-hmm. That's so, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and he just – he was voted as the oh, DH cool. in the All-Star game. But MLB just announced their All-Stars for this year. Uh, the starters are Randy Rosarena and I feel alongside Mike Trout, Aaron Judge. From first to third in the American League, Yandy Diaz, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, Josh Jung, and then at catcher, Jonah Heim. So it's basically the Rangers in the infield with Yandy Diaz. And then your designated hitter is Shohei Otani transitioning to the National League. From right to left, you've got Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Corbin Carroll. From first to third, Freddie That's Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about an outfield. Those are three MVP candidates right there in the National League. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freddie Freeman, Luis Arise, Orlando Arcia, as well as Nolan Arenado, and then Sean Murphy behind the dish, and J.D. Martinez, who has had a revolutionary year in L.A. Uh, after a couple of down years towards the last two years in Boston. He is your starting designated hitter. I think, honestly, I think everything, I don't have a gripe with anything. Maybe Orlando Arcia, but That's really. That's what I was going to ask you. I was going to say the outfield looks great. A, he has still had a very good year, a sneaky good year, I'll say. Yeah. 
He wasn't. I don't, was he even on the Braves to start the year? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know he was with the Brewers. No, yeah, he got traded to the Braves last year from the Brewers, didn't he? Okay, I didn't know if he was there the whole season because it was supposed to be Vaughn Grissom or another guy, and all of a sudden, Arcia won it, and yeah. has been just been winning games. I remember like two weeks ago, he walked it off for the Braves at some point. Um, that's the only one I was looking at at the National League All Stars. Like that one just doesn't make sense to me. Or I feel like we could do better at shortstop. Mm-hmm. But if you look, who's doing better? Trey Turner's not doing better. Dansby Swanson mm-hmm. is not doing better. Um, I think you could say Nico Horner's doing pretty well. Out of, out of, but he's a second baseman. But he's a second baseman. So um, according to Fangraphs, now he hasn't played as many games. He's only played 59 games opposed to Lindor and Dansby. Dansby leads all shortstops in the National League with a 3.1 war. Uh, but Arcia has six home runs, 32 runs. I mean, Lindor's got 16 bombs. I'm surprised it's not Frankie, to be honest. But Frankie's only batting 224. Arcia's batting 303. You could even say Geraldo Perdomo with the Diamondbacks. He's got a 296, 398, 452 slash line. So that's, what, 850 when it comes to an OPS? He's walking 13% of the time. I Maybe that, that would really be the good. one position I would change is put Perdomo there. But honestly, I don't have too many gripes. No. I, honestly, I don't have too many gripes. Like It's hard will to the, go against anybody in either league right now. Will the NL actually win it this year, you think? You look at that nope. lineup and you're like, yeah. nope. NL... They finally put it together, and they never freaking do. The AL always somehow, but maybe that's because they have the DH, and they and maybe the be. times are changing. Now nobody on that team, you notice in the NL. Now there could have been a, some people are fighting for a name at shortstop that I wouldn't have voted for, but some people are trying to get LA De La Cruz from the Reds already on the All Star team. He just did win player of the week. He had an incredible week. Last week he hit for the cycle. Dude, the city of Cincinnati last week was electric. For Ellie or just talking about in general? In general, the Braves came into town. Oh, yeah. And there was a three-game series. Uh, the Reds were on a 12-game winning streak at that point. They won their 13th on Friday in a game where they went down 5 to nothing in the first inning. Each. Yeah, I remember, I remember going into that going into that game, the the feelings were high. Both teams were on winning streets. The Reds are red hot. The Braves are the Braves right now. But the yeah. Reds were having their turnaround fight to first place. And uh yeah, I remember you know, I felt like we covered that you know, that first game real hard. Oh, you we were totally at Great American did. Ballpark to do to do coverage. Oh yeah, certainly. I uh totally got there. <laughs> To get the coverage. Oh, yeah, yeah. With a, you'll have to check that on Instagram. I, I showed and schooled Mikey on how to actually do a weather forecast. But uh, the Reds won 13 in a row. That game, that atmosphere was sick. Those jerseys, their City Connect jerseys, while I don't agree with their connection to the city, they're still fire. They're black with the red pinstriping. Joey Votto's first Friday back, he hit a three-run home run. He hit two. So get this. You hit two home runs, you're Joey Votto, you're fourth game back, and you're the third story of that game because you're the right. Reds won 13 in a row for the first time since 1957. Ellie De La Cruz hits the first cycle for the Reds since 1989, 
by oh Eric gosh. Davis. Really? Yeah. By Eric Davis, who also wore the number 44. That was the last player to get a cycle for the Reds. 1989 was the last cycle for the Reds? Yep. What have they been they doing? The then they won the World Series in 1990. The Reds, man. So if you, if that, you were a betting man and going off the trends, next you put money on the Reds to win the World Series because they had the cycle this year. No, they won in 1990. 1989, oh, I don't okay. believe they so, won. So next year. Next year. Save yes, them, that's what I was saying. Next year. Sorry. But Matt McLean, rookie, he's been up for 40 games. He's batting 316, 371, 538. He's kind of playing second fiddle to Ellie, and he's having what could potentially be a rookie of the year if it wasn't for what Corbin Carroll's doing. And we'll get to that here. And then even uh, the third guy, Spencer Steer. Yeah, oh, and Spencer Steer, I think, lead is second in all rookies when it comes to RBIs. And he's 46. been playing all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 46 right, right. now. So, Two to one walk the K ratio. Yeah, this um, Reds team, it's fun. They lost three in a row after the 13-game losing uh, winning streak. But What are they buying off. at the deadline? Pitching. They need starting pitching. If they didn't, uh, if they don't have pitching, they're not going to go far because I think they got Ladolo on the DL. Damn it! There's another dollar. Uh, they've got Hunter Green <laughs> on Hunter Green on the, the DL now. Oh, you get it too. That's another one from Michael. Hey, I've never uh, said that one. That was your fault. Yeah. So Hunter Green's on the IL. Um, their pitching is their starting pitching is what I think is the weakest part of their team. They're going to need some depth there, and yeah, who's available? Sure. That's and who are they going to be willing to spend on? I don't. I don't see them selling a high prospect at this point in the game. You didn't like that. What did you think of that thing I sent you, Marcus Stroman I, for Strand? Yeah, it's not going to happen. The Reds. Who aren't says no? The Reds say no. The Reds say no to that. The guy mm-hmm. who's leading the NL in quality starts. Yeah, because they won't spend, They won't pay the money for him. To extend him? To extend him or the $12 million he'll be owed through the rest of the season. And why would why would you give up now your best prospect outside of Ellie? Because Ellie's going to graduate. And Encarnacion Strand is basically the best thing you got behind him. Why are you Cubs giving him up? For- Cubs did it in 17. Cubs did it in 17, but they had a team that just won the World Series. The Reds are at the beginning of their window, so why are you selling a right. player at the beginning of your window? You're not necessarily even in the window yet, right? Like, this year was supposed to be the year where you're transitioning. This is their 2015. Right, their 2015 Cubs season, or even their 2014 Cubs season was what they expected it to be, right? Where they got better as the year got on, but they still weren't great right. uh, overall. They're the best team in that NL Central right now. At least they're playing like the best team in the NL Central. They've got a chance to go. I still don't think that they'll win that division. And I got a sneaky suspicion that you're going to be surprised at who I I actually think is going to win that. But uh, uh, moving on. The Cubs. I don't know. It's, a, it's the Cubs. <laughs> so with all the success, fans are showing up to the game. The Reds sold out all three games this past weekend versus the Braves. They've already sold out two of the three versus the Padres this weekend. Taylor Swift's in town this weekend. It's going to be Madhouse oh in Cincinnati. Oh, my gosh. It's a Madhouse already, dude. They were lined up for Swift a year earlier this morning. I think they started lining up yesterday. Some people were calling sick from work. It's crazy. But you about to be throwing some more puns out, Taylor Swift stuff no, on No, I'm there? done. I'm off. I'm off. I'm off. I'm out of here. 
I'm going to go to... <laughs> oh, you're I'm off. going okay. south. I'm getting away from the city. Uh, but the Reds fans showed out an all-time attendance record for a three-game series in Reds history at Great American Ballpark. 126,724. So it's the highest regular season series attendance in Great American Ballpark history. Dang. And they're going to get close again this weekend with potential for three sellouts. They moved the game on Friday, too, to accommodate Taylor Swift. That's how crazy it is. They moved the game up like an hour and a half, so the traffic isn't as bad. Oh, where is she she playing at? Paycor, which is right down the street. Okay. Uh, For some reason, when you said Taylor Swift, I was thinking she was playing at Great American, and the Reds are going to be out of town. No, the Reds are in town this weekend versus San Diego, and then a half a mile to the west – where the Bengals play on the other side of what they call the banks is where Taylor's going to be. And there's going to be probably a hundred thousand people there. And there's going to be 42,000 or so at the Reds game on both Friday and Saturday. It's going to be a madhouse. You didn't want to go to T-Swizzle? No. Yeah. I did not want to spend $3,000 a ticket. Um, I've seen her before. It's okay. As far as the attendance is not just the Reds, but all of baseball, I don't know if you noticed, they're up 7.8% in attendance to this point from last year. They're breaking weekend attendance records already. They've had more attendance on the weekends than they've had, I think, since 2015. As an do you think and that is because the games are faster? Or what do you think, think that is? I think there's two things. I think the rules are making it much more watchable at a game and at home. Yes, right. I, I could agree with that. The, the faster pace. As someone who's been to, I think, 10 games this year, this just seems like there's more action during the game. Mm-hmm. Right? There's not as many step-offs, okay, mound visit, this, this, and this. The games go. Like, even when the Cubs p- piled on runs when the game's over there, the game still only went three hours. Last right. year it would have been the... And I've only been... I haven't been to a professional game. I've only been to the Trash Pandas, which is professional. Um, right but, but those, been doing those it. games they've been doing it for years so those games right. i always feel like i can make it through there's like if i get up the usher is going to be holding me because stuff happens quickly they have ushers that you know that won't let you go down the aisle right stuff's happening but Man, you gotta that... play you gotta play it quick mm-hmm. yeah i mean the usher's holding you back because I mean, it's just like a hockey action. game you're not supposed boom, boom. to block the action how fast are games moving this year so the Angels won 25-1 to 1 on Saturday, right? How long was that game? Two hours and 53 minutes. That's longer than I thought you were going to say, but still. Under three but hours. That for, game for... last year would have been four hours, if not more. Absolutely. There was yes. two run, two innings where there were eight-plus runs. Yeah. That would have and taken that... an hour each inning. How fast? I wonder if that's the record for the most runs in a certain amount of time oh, because of the pitch like clock. Forty-five minutes, they scored like twenty-one runs. Yeah, that's insane. I don't know if that was the exact timing, but my favorite yeah. stat about the attendance for the year is, of course, attendance is up. The Cardinals are in last place. <laughs> that's my favorite stat. But that's hilarious but i do think the other part i said that there were two things that i thought played into it is you have teams like baltimore and the reds that were not necessarily expected to be this great and so the fans are showing up more you've got teams like the rangers 
the the Oakland Athletics pulled 25,000, 27,000 a couple of weeks ago. So that's going to bump the attendance up from their average, which was eight, right now I think it's 9,000 a game. So even those numbers add to the overall equation here. And overall, I think it's a mix between the rules and some competitive teams that were not expected to be competitive. But I do think a majority of it plays towards the rules because they've been seeing better attendance as the year's gone on, as it is. Yeah, all like you said, the Baltimore's, the who did you say, the Cincinnati's? Mm-hmm. That's Arizona, San Francisco. You got L.A. Dodgers in third place. You've got Even Miami in second. Yeah, yeah I say Miami in second place. That's another team. Um, the Angels are doing well. Oakland's not. Seattle's the bummer team, I think. But yeah, I think that helps people pay more people pay attention. Definitely. Um, Definitely. People that usually were already out of it by by, by the, for the last decade, they've been out of it already for the last month, and they're all in it this year. Not just one, one of them. There's a couple of them. One hundred percent. And we're halfway through the year now, too. So, and I think these numbers have shown you through the first half of the year, and I think the numbers just get better because we're now getting to the summer months, right? July, August, and September. You would theoretically say are probably the three highest attendance months because of summer. And because by September, what you're looking at is the pennant race, right? So everybody wants to be at those games. Yeah, and this is the time of year like we've we've seen with the Reds where prospects are being called up. There's no more service time games at all. And if you're on a good team, then the prospects are coming up to help you for that pennant run, like you just said. Yeah, and speaking of that pennant run, we're halfway through, unfortunately, or fortunately, because I love the playoffs, but can you believe we're halfway through the season, man? No, I can't believe June is already almost over. What is this this nonsense? This year has been nuts, but most teams have played at least 81 games, if not more, of a 162-game season. So I thought, Mikey, it was time to revisit some things. So we are halfway through the season, Michael. Let's revisit who we picked to win the divisions, where we're at, who we picked for awards, and then I think we should give out our mid-season awards so far and see where we line up overall. So let's start with our AL East predictions. We both had the Blue Jays at the beginning Jeez. of the year. I wouldn't do There's, that again. They're only 10 and a half out. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think we not- had the Rays being this well, but the Blue Jays at 44 and 37 would be leading the AL Central, the NL Central, and they would be a couple games back in the NL West. So they're not having a bad year. No, no, no one in the NL, AL East is, except uh, the Red Sox at 40 and 42, and that would still be in first place in the AL Central. Oh my gosh, that's nonsense. Yeah. So who do we have in the AL Central? In the AL Central, you went Minnesota, mm-hmm. and I went Cleveland. And they're both tied right now, so we're tied. in line. Let's go, baby. <laughs> uh, the AL West, I went with the Mariners, you went with the Astros, and they are currently uh, all trailing the Texas Rangers by five and a half or more. No, I don't think anyone saw by, that one. By five out. and a half or more, that's right. But yeah. Houston does have four and a half on Seattle. Seattle the biggest disappointment mm-hmm. of the year. I think of Nope, 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 nope. That is not the biggest disappointment of the year. There's another team that's the biggest disappointment of the year, and we'll get to that in the NL. Okay. So the biggest disappointment in the AL is the Seattle Manners. Probably. Probably. So NL East, I bet we both have this one right. 
Yes, the Braves. A six-game lead over the Marlins. Uh, NL Central, we'll just skip over because we had to bite our tongues to give the Cardinals out, and they're in dead last. And this is like the best-case scenario. This yeah, is I'm the okay. best way. I, will, I would have lost my, my bet, my money there. I would have bet, you know, I'm fine with that. That's completely fine. That's why attendance is up, folks. No one yep. likes to see it. And the biggest disappointment in baseball is who we both picked to win the NL West, and that was the San Diego Padres, who are fourth in that division, 10.5 back at 37-44. and 44. And they're Dude, probably they're... going to be selling off the team here in a couple of weeks. They're so bad. They, Their last few series, they went 0-3 against Pittsburgh, 1-2 against Washington, 1-3 against the Giants. Yeah. When they're losing to the Washington Nationals like they are, uh, it's almost time to not necessarily throw up the white flag, but in the next two weeks, if they don't start to turn it around, that team is destined to sell off. And what I saw on Facebook is it just goes to show you, you can't buy championships. You've got to be nope. smart with how you spend. Look at the Mets, right? We both had the Mets. Smart as, about how you spend. Great segue there. Like the Mets. We both had them as one of our wild card. I had the Phillies and the Dodgers as my other two teams. You had the Phillies and the Cubs. Right now, I believe both the Phillies and the Dodgers would be in, correct? The Phillies, look. 42. Here, I can pull that up as the as the wild card standings. I got it up right now. Okay. The... No, the Phillies would be Phillies out. Phillies are not out. The Phillies are the last team, first team out, tied with mm-hmm. the well, one, half a game ahead of the Brewers. But the wild so card be... teams are Miami, L.A., San Francisco. Yeah. Wow. So you've been trying to push hard for the Dodgers to not make the playoffs this year, but currently they are in the playoffs, and they're only two games back, I believe, of the first-place Diamondbacks. Yeah. Uh, they I don't have it up anymore. The, the there's only two games. It looks like it's more, but maybe I could be wrong. I think it's two and two and a half as of recording this. You're right, right two now. and a half. Yeah, two and a half as of June 29th. June 29th at 9:32 Eastern time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's who we had in the wild card. A wild card. I had the Yankees, the Astros, and the Tampa Bay Rays, which. I had the Ray. I was the only one of the two of us who had the Rays in the playoffs this year. Let me remind you that. Yeesh. <laughs> Eek. Eek. But who were your wild card teams? My wild card teams on the for the AL. Mm-hmm. I don't have them up anymore. I had oh, them in the notes. Angels, Yankees, and Mariners were your wild card teams. So Yeesh. the only ones you got are the. Yankees I would I would right stick now. with the Angels. Maybe I would stick with the Angels. The other two. The Yankees are in the wild. Oh, that's who you'd be rooting for. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, I don't think the Yankees are going to make it. They're currently a game and a half up on the Astros for the best for the last wild card position. Yeah, I don't think that'll last. We'll see. It'll be an interesting run. It's still halfway through the year. Our ALCS champion. <laughs> I had the Mariners. Mm. You had the Yankees. Mm. NLCS mm. champions. You had the Phillies. Hmm. I had the they're, Padres. They're hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> World Series winners. I had the Mariners. Ooh. You had the Phillies. Yeah. We'll see. As far as the rookie of the year, when it comes to regular awards, we did okay. 
Yes. For rookie of the year, I had Volpe, who, eh, I probably yeah. wouldn't say he's anywhere close, but you had Gunnar Henderson. Gunner. I'd say he's a top five AL rookie of the year right now. Still, I, in my book, he's still a little bit, of a little bit of a disappointment right now. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But he's turned it around as of late, and his WAR is proving that. Is I think he's like the fifth highest WAR among rookies right now. In the National League, we both knocked it out of the park, at least as of right now. Corbin yeah. Carroll. Um, but I do think Ellie's going to give him a run towards the end of the year. If Ellie keeps doing what Ellie's doing, it's going to be a close race towards the end of the year. I don't know because Corbin Carroll, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for another one other guy, I think Corbin Carroll could, is a it could be fighting for MVP. Correct. But I do think that Ellie could also be fighting for MVP if he keeps doing what he's doing. Eesh. Which is crazy. But think about it. Ellie, in his first two and a half weeks, accomplished 1.1 war. Yeah. He's smashing <laughs> the ball. Yeah. So uh, that was our rookie of the year. AL manager of the year, you went Phil Nevin and David Ross for NL. I went Gabe Kapler and Oliver Marmel. We can just throw all four of those away. Here's my favorite one. A.L. Cy Young. Oh, no. Who did you go with? I went with a guy who just got lit in the Florida Complex League in Alec Manoa. Did he get uh, lit up in the Florida Complex League, too? Like 10 runs. Oh, that's innings. incredible. That's incredible. 10 runs in two innings. Something like that. Ten, 11 hits. I went with Luis Castillo. Uh, in the AL, who's having a good year. He's just yeah, not, not bad. I just don't think right now he'd be your Cy Young candidate. In the NL, I think both of us are probably off. Uh, I went with you, Darvish, who is just okay this year. He's not awful, but he's not you, Darvish. No. He's the whole Padres the whole team. team. Quite many yeah. Machado, Juan Soto's coming back around. He had a terrible mm-hmm. April. Mm-hmm. Wonder what the, that's the funny thing is they could have sold you Darvish probably this year, but instead they extended him till he's forty two years old. <laughs> well, they extended everybody on that damn team. Yes, it, I guess that's where you go if you want the extension, if you want the money. Yeah. So who was your NL Cy Young candidate to I start had, the year? Uh, to start the year, I had Spencer Strider. He's okay. He's up there. I wouldn't say he's in the top three right now, though. He's close, but he'd be in the top five. Top five, for sure. He could easily turn it around, though, in the second half. He could. I think his ERA is a little higher than where you'd want it right now. But The strikeout numbers will definitely help him. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he'll definitely have that uh, going for him. He's got the best K per nine in baseball as a starter at 14.33. But his ERA is 3.73. I would probably take Mitch Keller over him. I would probably take Justin Steele over him, Zach Wheeler, maybe even Marcus Stroman. Zach Wheeler's up there? Zach Wheeler uh, has the same ERA. K per nine is 10.22, but his war is much better, and his FIP is about the same. So. Mm. His I traded the is, guy away in fantasy like a month ago. His FIP is actually much better than Spencer's. 277 to Spencer's oh, 311. Strider's definitely having a down like month mm-hmm. where he's giving up runs. And it's like, what is well, going on? Well, Spencer's also walking 3.1 per nine where every other player in front of him is 2.4 or less. 
So there was, there, there was one point where Schreider had a start where all his pitches were down a mile per hour. And it was, is Strider hurt? Is Strider hurt? And uh, still did wonder that if something is bothering him, the back yeah. always bothers folks. Mm-hmm. We'll find out here shortly, but he's having a, a good year. I just wouldn't say that he's NL Cy Young candidate at this point. And then I think we knocked out the AL MVP. That's Shohei Otani, and that's who we both went with. And in the NL, you went with Austin Riley, and I went with Robert Acuna Jr., and, who I would uh, say. Yeah. Did you see that? Did you see that meme or that picture where here's where everything Ronald Acuna leads in first place? Yes, and it was a list. Yep. Yeah. Defensively it's... and offensively. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's like what Otani leads—not just his team, but leads baseball in this, this, and this, and this, and then strikeout. It's just what he's doing is insane as well. And right. if he doesn't win MVP this year, some something's up. Otani right. again. He theoretically could have won it last year if it wasn't for Aaron Judge hitting 62 home runs. So what I wanted to do here is now that we're halfway through the season, Michael, let's reissue these awards. So we already just talked about who we picked at the beginning of the year. Who would you give these awards to if the end of the season was today? So let's start okay, with you want to start at? AL Rookie of the Year. AL Rookie of the Year, I went back and forth between two guys, but I'm going to give it to... Masataka Yoshida. The guy's what are you hitting. Smoking? What am I smoking? Yeah. For AL Rookie of the Year? Yeah. The guy's hitting like 300. He's hitting uh, near double digit home runs. I think okay. he's doing fantastic. Okay. I would take what? at least two other over him right now. Um, who, who are those? I'm going to go with the guy out of Tampa Bay, Luke Raleigh. Rayleigh. I don't even know who the hell he is. That guy doesn't play every day. I don't get that. What are the what are, Sorry. Okay, what are the so, Rays doing? He doesn't play every day. That wasn't that wasn't a dig at you for saying Luke Rayleigh. That was the Rays. Why don't they play him every day? I don't know. Okay, but who's he, the second guy? The guy I'd give it to is Josh Jung in Texas. That's the 16. other guy I was back and forth between. Young, Josh Young. Josh Young. Is that how you say it? Josh Young. I just call him Josh. 16 home runs, 47 RBIs, 55 runs, 274, 326, 488. His war is second best among American League rookies. Masataka Yoshida is ninth among rookies when it comes to war in the American League. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I would have said maybe, but right now I would even go with Nito. Young is hot right now. Young is hot. Esturi Ruiz, 40 stolen bases. No. Is he a no. rookie for real? He was, mm-hmm. I thought he was a rookie last year. He's listed as a rookie here. Yeah, okay. But No, I I, I, I see Yoshida's hitting 300. We're hitting 297. He's gonna hit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, technically. Technically, he's hitting 297. He's he's walking just as much as he strikes out. He he mm-hmm. hits for okay power, eight home runs right now. Um, we'll we'll see how he does in the second half. So yeah. you're you're going with Josh Young. The I'm going with Young. Power yeah. hitter, power hitting. What is he batting right now? Two seventy four. That's not bad. No, for, for in this day and age, that's two eighty is the new three hundred. Mm-hmm. 
So I would take Jung. I'm young. Um, I mean, their WRC plus is about the same. It's actually probably Luke Rally. Is it Rally or Rayleigh? Uh, I would say Rayleigh. Like Brooks Rayleigh, Rayleigh who was with mm-hmm. the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is our AL Rookie of the Year. I think we both are unanimous for National League Rookie of the Year. Corbin Carroll. Are we? But oh, I got Carroll. I would have thought you would have said Ellie though. No, not yet. As of today, I'm giving it to Corbin Carroll. It's as of today, right now. The oh, season ended today. The season awards today. I thought we were yeah. doing pre- re- redoing our predictions. Oh, no. If the season ended today, this is who your first half MVP, oh, your first okay. half rookie of the year is. My other stuff lines up. The Yoshida, I might have done different. As the pre- That's why I had said, we'll see how the second half goes. Um, but yeah. the rest of my stuff that I already did lines up just fine. So, AL Manager of the Year, who are you going with? Uh, I I want to say Brandon Hyde. He's yeah, that doesn't change. Baltimore, um, they've got they don't. I, you look at their team, they don't have the best rotation. They really have, they don't have a. They don't have great rotation either. No, no, I don't. They don't have I stellar agree. names that are doing like Jorge Mateo did great to, for the April. Gunner is not doing super great. Austin Hayes isn't doing super great. Ryan Mountcastle, they're all just collectively doing like average. Well, not great, but right. well. Right. Adley's doing well. Adley's doing great. I would say Adley's the right. best player on the Adley's team. Adley's doing great. Yes. But I think I would say they're all they all could do better, but they're still in second place. <laughs> they're bullpen and would be though. For the best place, best team in the AL. They're the bullpen. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> Is that what they're buying at the deadline? Some kind of bullpen arms? No, their bullpen is fantastic. The, oh, the final right. two, yes. Cano Felix and Bautista, Bautista at, the, at the back. Yes. Yeah. He's nasty. I'm going with Bruce Bochy. Nobody expected Texas to be where we're at right now. Basically the second best team in the American League at 49 and 32. They did spend a ton of money in the last two off seasons, but I don't think anybody bought it. And I think Bochy's veteran as a manager presence, just change that team, right? Absolutely. Yep. So I think it's between him and Hyde at this point, honestly. And Brochi's doing it without their biggest off-season signing? Yeah, without DeGrom, who pitched six mm-hmm. games this year. So my NL manager of the year might surprise you. I'm going with Skip Schumacher from the Marlins. Okay, you have to remind me which team he was going for. Yeah. Um Fourth yeah, seed in the National League as of this this afternoon. Yeah, the Marlins are have turned it around. They're pitching. Um, who would have known that they traded away uh, a, a reliable starting pitcher? And I think. Do you think they win that trade? Mm, I think it's a. I don't think there's a winner or a loser. I think right. they're I both. Think winners, they, they both did well. They both yeah. did well in that. The Twins got what they needed in a pitcher in Lopez, and I think that Arise, as we talked about earlier, he's starting at second base. Potential to hit 400 this year. They both win that trade. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Who's your NL I've manager? I've got NL manager. I've got Troy Troy Luvello of the uh, of the Diamondbacks. Tori Luvello. Tori. Tori. I, I mixed up the O and the R. I, I was so close. It's okay. Tori. But, I've got yeah. Tori. First place. <laughs> Putting the First Dodgers place in out. the NOS, second in the NL right now when it came to a seed. Yeah. yeah. I just, again, I think those are probably your top two right now if you're looking at it for managers. Not Marmol, not Marmol, right? Nope, nope, nope. Let's move on. Marmol is lucky to still have his job. 
Yes, he is. That's funny. I picked him, and he's probably going to be the first one fired this year (laughs) (laughs) if this continues. So A.L. Cy Young, who are you going with? A.L. Cy Young is Shane McClanahan. The dude is electric. Yeah, he's been great. I mean, I'm not going with McClanahan. Uh, I'm going to go with a different name because I think all around, all together, I think McClanahan's kind of, uh, his ERA is incredible. I will give you that. But mm-hmm. I think all around, uh, Framber Valdez. Oh, Framber. Oh, mm-hmm. you surprised me there. Yeah, Framber. He's got a 2.49 ERA, which is fourth best in baseball. He's the third most quality starts. His K per nine still above nine. Um, He's been quietly good this year for a team in Houston that I would say a lot of people would call underperforming to this mm-hmm. point of the game, right? Uh, I think he's been the he's the ace of that team, right, for sure. He's got the second highest war among pitchers, F war, in the American League uh, behind Kevin Gausman. But, yeah, I'm going to go talk- with – go ahead. I was going to say Kevin Gausman's got, I think, leads – the AL and quality stars with 13. Mm-hmm. And he's got a 3.5 war. McClanahan is only at a 1.7 war. 1.7 war. But okay. he's 11 and 1. And I think that that's where. Man, his... Framber, huh? Framber's 7 and tough. 6. I mean, there's, there's Nasty Nate. You got Garrett Cole in front of him who are. They're all doing well. I'm um, looking by war. You're looking by he, war? And he is second. <laughs> On fan graphs behind Kevin Gausman at 3.5, Frambers at 3.0, Evaldi's at 3.6, Sonny Gray 2.5, and George Kirby at 2.3. You have to go all the way down to 14th on the list to find McClanahan at 1.7. Cole is at 7 at 2.2. Now, I know war is not the end-all be-all, but it's the wins above replacement. So usually the higher war player wins the awards. now, baseball reference and fan graphs kind of have their own different interpretations on that. I didn't look at fan, uh, baseball reference, but I'm I'm going to go with Framber just to kind of mix it up, maybe for more of a discussion. I think right now it's between Gosman, Valdez, and McClanahan as of today, with Evaldi as the fourth name on the outside. It's all great pitchers. They're they are statistically I mean, they're all right there. Look at the top fifteen in the American League: Gausman, Framber, Evaldi, Sonny Gray, who's having a great year, George Kirby, who's been fantastic, Joe Ryan, who has been great, Garrett Cole, Pablo Lopez. There's three twins within the top eight in WAR in mm-hmm. starting pitching: uh, Zach Eflin, Shohei, Hunter Brown, Logan Gilbert. Luis Castillo, that's a third Seattle Mariner in the top 13, and they're still under 500. And then McClanahan and then Dylan Cease. Yeah. So, all right. So then the who are you giving your NL Cy Young to? Zach Gallen. I hemmed and hawed on this a little bit, but I think when it comes to value, when it comes to I'm going off a war again, not necessarily using that as like the end all be all, but right. Zach Gallen. I'm I'm going Zach Gallen. I I was debating Clayton Kershaw potentially. He's but, having a great year. Mm-hmm. He's got like a two point four whatever ERA. Two point five five, one point oh five whip. Yeah. No complete games. Most of these guys that we're talking about have complete games. Mm-hmm. Um, Gallen's yeah, at I'm 104 going... innings pitched. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I'm going with Zach Allen as well. Uh, 104. He's at one point he was leading the strikeouts until Strider took off and mm-hmm. left him in the dust in strikeouts. His K per nine's uh, down from where it was a couple of weeks ago when he was just absolutely dominating. He's had a couple of rough outings and a couple of just okay outings, but his FIP is the best at 2.73. So for those of you who aren't huge stats people, FIP is fielder independent pitching, which is your ERA if it wasn't for the fielders. And that's telling you that his ERA should be or would be 2.73 basically, which is the best in the entire National League behind him. Is Zach Wheeler. Yeah, okay. And I think For, then we agree both on AL and MV, AL and NL MVP. That has yeah, to I mean, Shohei Otani. And, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Shohei Otani and Ronald Acuna Jr. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that. I wonder what their money line is that you can, you know, that's oh, when it comes almost to like odds. free money. Yeah, I I, there's probably no value, at, at, to be honest. Uh, when it comes to player awards right now, Ronald Acuna Jr., you'd have to pay $195 to win $100 back. That is not good odds. And then oh, Shohei Otani's a runaway. Right now he's minus 1450 That means in order oh to win $100, gosh. you would have to put down $1,450. Wow. So, yeah. That's basically as close to you get in a lock when it comes to betting second place is Corey Seager at plus three thirty five hundred. Wow. Yeah. That's unreal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Michael, uh, I'm gonna run through a couple of divisions here and I wanna talk just real quick about who we actually think is gonna win that division because there's been some surprises at the top of most of these divisions in baseball so far this right. year. So as of today, June twenty ninth, who do you think is actually gonna win the NL West this year? I still think it's the Arizona Diamondbacks. They've got a great offense, great defense. They add pitching at the deadline, and they go on to take it. I think that they're a great team. I'm actually going to go back to the Dodgers. That Dodgers team continuously, year after year, somehow finds a way to do it. I don't think that they've found their stride yet, but they've got an MVP candidate in Mookie Betts. They've got Freddie Freeman. They've got pitching depth that seems to just come out of Bobby Miller came out of nowhere. Not really, but... Right, Will Smith behind the plate, J.D. Martinez. The team has players, and I think that they're ultimately talent wins out and also, I think, veteran as well as experience. Tim Anderson comes over. Yeah, it could be. (laughs) I would see him at second base, though. I would rather see him at second base. Dodgers don't have it. They have a second baseman in Vargas. They don't have a shortstop, really. Mookie Betts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But... As far as the NOS, we just made that decision. Okay, NL Central. Who is the ultimate NL Central champion this year? I don't think it's the Cubs. I think they're a wild card team, though. I don't think Milwaukee is going to have it, even though they're going to get Brandon Woodruff back. I still think the Cincinnati Reds have that offense to do it, and they add pitching at the deadline. They've got uh, Diaz as a closer, Mm -hmm. and they've just got to add some starting pitching. So I'm going off the cuff here. I'm going with a fourth-place team as of today, and that's the Cubs. Uh, and I'm not going homerish. They're the only team in that division with a plus-25 run differential. Their expected wins should be 42-36, and 36, not 37-41. and 41. And they would theoretically right. have a three-game lead over the next-best team if today happened via all of that expectations. 
So my thought, all the the Cubs have the best rotation maybe in all of the National League right really? now. That's... From top to bottom, from one to five, it's hard to beat. Stroman, Steele, if... Hendricks, when Smiley is your four, and then if Tyone pitches like the three he's supposed to be. Yeah, that's what they can do with him. The big deal is the bullpen. They're going to need to upgrade that bullpen in one way or one how. And if they do that, and I think – being that they're only four and a half back with a Pirates team that's not that great. They're good, but they're not a contender. They have, the Cubs have lots of pieces. They have depth. They have they pitching have depth. depth. Yep. They have fielding depth. Mm-hmm. They, they, have, they, have, they have guys waiting in the wings. So I wouldn't be surprised. They went on this run. They won, it was like 11 out of 13. Now they've struggled here. And that's another thing is that London series. I do want to talk about that at some point. But I think the London series screws teams when you have them only have one off day on the back end. They had two off days going in. I think you need more of the adjustment coming back. But right. that's just the schedulers, whatever. However, I, I'm going to go with the Cubs. Yeah, I, I love I love hearing that, Brandon. That makes my heart just feel so good. I don't <laughs> think we need to argue about the NL East. But how about the AL West? The Texas Rangers currently have a five-and-a-half game lead as we record this. Do you think the Texas Rangers win that division, or do you think that another team comes through at the end of the year? No, I think that offense is just amazing. I mean, 483 runs scored. Um, if they added what starting pitching, mm-hmm. I would say they're, starting they're not, pitching and a bullpen arm. They don't have terrible runs scored against them, but yeah, if they could just add an arm, which they probably have the prospect depth to do. Um, that's that's their division to lose. Yeah, I think it's the Rangers as well. Even though the Astros have the pedigree and they've done it for what six, seven years in a row at this point, but it's hard to be the the Rangers theoretically are underproducing their record. They're forty nine and thirty two. Their expected win is supposed to be fifty four and twenty seven. So theoretically, they've gotten unlucky when it comes to the Pythagorean record. So I'm going to go with the Rangers there as well. The AL East is the Tampa Rays. I think they're probably going to wind up winning that, unless you've got a different idea. Do you think? No, it's good? They, they they know. We talked about earlier, Luke Rayleigh. They just know when to play guys at the right time, mm-hmm. and that you'll uh, you're going to see them add a starting pitcher with all the starting pitching they've had um, hurt to them. Mm-hmm. They've got Mason Montgomery, who's a good. Uh, prospect waiting in the wings pitching wise for them. I think they they continue. I don't think I think uh, they won't be he, such a huge lead, but it's still theirs to lose. I I totally agree. I think that it's going to get closer towards the end of the year. They're not playing as great of baseball as of late, but they're still they've got a five and a half game cushion. So lastly, the AL Central. This is the worst division in baseball. It might be the worst division ever, or at least in our lifetime. Who's going to win first, this taffy poll? First place is under 500. Yeah, the first place twins at 40 and 42, tied with the Cleveland Guardians at 39 and 41. So, with that said, who's going to actually win the AL Central? So, I want to say it's the Guardians, but I keep hearing the idea that they're going to sell Shane Bieber. I think that they could theoretically sell Shane Bieber and still get better. I, I want to say Cleveland is going to be the team that finally takes it. They've got Gavin Williams, Logan Allen, 
like you just like you just said, they could sell Shane Bieber and get better. Um, I'm still gonna say Cleveland. I wanted to lean Minnesota, but Minnesota's offense is just not good. You say that, but they still have the most runs scored. Well, their second most runs scored in that division. The White Sox at 344, the Twins at 343, the Guardians at 321. The Guardians have played much better as of late. They've looked much better. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. I'm going with the Twins, though. That pitching staff, I just talked to you about it a couple minutes ago. They've got three of the top eight best pitchers in the American League right now. At some point, pitching wins, right? At some point, you're just going to start to rack up wins. They're a plus 24 run differential. They're 44 and 38 expected win loss record, but they're at 40 and 42. If they actually had that win loss record, they would be leading the division by five uh, four games at this point. So, yeah, I and yeah. that's a taffy pull. I mean, it's going to come down to the final week. And Watch it's going Detroit to be come out of nowhere and win it. And they could. Even the White Sox are only four and a half back as bad as they've been this year. But I think that they're probably going to sell as well. That division, man. It's they're like, actually the lead league leaders in win run scored, but man, they've given nearly four hundred runs against. Phew. Yes. Yep. So that now that we chose the divisions, let's repick who we think is going to win the World Series. I said at the um, beginning of the year the Mariners. You said the Phillies. Are you right. sticking with the Phillies? No, but I'm going to s- stick with that division, and I'm going to the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with the Braves as well. I think the Braves are the best team in baseball right now, but I don't think that they actually play the best team in the American League in the playoffs in the World Series. I think it's gonna be a Braves Rangers World Series at this point. That'd be That's fun. where I'd be leaning to. It'd be definitely fun. Uh, it would be Big something offense. different. Yeah, and the Braves don't have pitching like they've had. You know, that's right. they don't have. The pitching that wins you the World Series, but neither the Rangers, but they right. both have killer offenses. So we'll see. Yeah, speaking of winning the World Series, the College World Series just came to an end. How about that for a transition right there, Mikey? How about that? Man, cheers, cheers to that. <laughs> um, but LSU, the Tigers, they win the College World Series over the Florida Gators, an SEC matchup in the College World Series. Boy, that was fun. SCC. SCC. So yeah, there's only one LSU. competitive game. <laughs> yeah, right. I was just about to say. LSU uh, put it on them. Well, on did Florida. you see what happened in game two, though? Was it a walk-off home run? No. So game one, LSU won four to three. Game okay. two, Florida won 24 to four. <laughs> and then in the final game, which was the deciding game, LSU won 18 to four. So the last two games were not competitive at all, but fun baseball. But congrats to LSU. Uh, That's huge. They've won now their seventh ever in College World Series history. So last one was in 2009. Coming up next in two weeks, they will have probably the top uh, two picks. Most likely, the not not probably they have the top two picks probably. Yeah, pitcher and uh, hitter. Yep. And we'll cover that more in a couple of weeks when we get to that. But congrats to the LSU Tigers and their fans on winning the College World Series. We are a bourbon and baseball podcast. We're not a bourbon and MLB podcast, so we talk all things baseball, but we generally lean MLB. Speaking of MLB, top 10 rankings, Michael. It's time to rank our baseball teams. All right. All right, folks, so we're going to do something a little different this week than what we've been doing with our power rankings as of late. We're going to go in reverse order. We're going to go from 10 to 1. 
But this is probably the last time you'll actually hear this in our regular podcast because going forward, we're going to be releasing these as separate podcasts on YouTube that you can check out. Uh, so go head on over to our YouTube page. So go subscribe there. That is at Barrels and Barrels Pod. But this week, we've got a little bit of a shakeup in the top 10, I believe. I haven't seen Mikey's. He hasn't seen mine. But I do know I had a lot of movement in my top 10. So, Michael. Yeah, Definitely. I definitely had a lot of shakeup. Last week we had a I put a big shakeup in the our back half. Mm-hmm. I think the entire thing had a shakeup <laughs> this time. Yes, so did I. Uh, so who is your tenth team on the list? So my tenth team, the New York Yankees, make a reappearance into my top ten as number ten. They okay. played well. They've they beat Seattle and Texas uh, series wise, two and one, two and one, and they're mm-hmm. currently uh, tied with Oakland for the series. Yeah. Um, so the Yankees are uh, beating Texas is a good feat. And mm-hmm. that brings them back, up five spots back into my top 10. I did have the top Yankees top. jump up, but they are not in my top 10. I'm going with the Houston Astros is my 10th team. Uh, they're still playing okay baseball. They're four and six in their last 10, but they still have a plus 42 run differential, which is better than the Angels in their division. They they still have, I think, a better team all around than the Yankees right now, even though the Yankees have been playing coming into today five and five in their last 10. The Astros were four and six, so it's about the same. But that Astros team has that veteran leadership, has the know-how, and they're still not out of that division. They're five and a half back, but they're not dead yet. Where did you have the Angels last week? The Angels last week I had in seventh, and I have them dropping out of my top ten because I have a new team entering my top ten this week in ninth, and that is the Philadelphia Phillies. All right, okay. I've I've got the Phillies moving up, not quite that far. No, actually... The Phillies are stagnant. They were 11th last week for me. They're 11th this week. Um, they've been playing great ball. Um, mm-hmm. Taking two from the Cubs already right here. Um, trying to get, scroll over to what they've been doing. Took two from New York. Um, they got swept by Atlanta, but who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Swept the Oaklands. They took the series 3-1 against Arizona. They've, they've won every series one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Their last seven out of the last eight series they've won. So, the Phillies? Yes. Well, in the month of May, oh, excuse me, in the month of June, they have the tied for the third best record in the month of June in all of really? baseball. Yeah, at 17 and 7. So uh, that's why don't, I have the don't Phillies. Call a comeback. Yeah, that's why I have the Phillies screaming into the. Maybe they're just a, a June on team, right? Once Kyle Schwarber starts to play baseball, then the Phillies start to take off. <laughs> but I have them at ninth. Who who is ninth on your team? Ninth is stagnant for me. It's the Cincinnati Reds. Okay. Um, they couldn't take more than one from Atlanta, um, and then they did. But they, they did take uh, two of three from Baltimore, which is a good feat. So what I will say is they beat the Baltimore Orioles two out of three. And then they also only lost the Braves by one run in each game. It came down to the final pitch in each game. They had the winning run on base, I believe, in one of those two. So it's not like they were blown away by the Braves. Right. Who are probably one of, if not the best teams in baseball right now. And the Reds hung up with them. They came back great on Friday. I do have the Reds at eight in my standings. 
they have the fifth best record in all of June in Major League Baseball at 17-9. and nine. They were on a 13-game winning streak. They lost three in a row, and then they came back to win their series against the Orioles. So I have the Cincinnati Reds currently as my eighth team on the list. Okay, okay. I've, at eight, I've got um, the L.A. Dodgers. The L.A. Dodgers? Were they even in your top ten last week? The Dodgers were down at 14 for me last week. Oof, that's where they were for me, and they went up oh, to 12, 13. Oh, 12, I'm sorry. They were 12 for me last week. Okay. So the Dodgers oh, my, are at my 8 on Michael's list. Yeah, Dodgers, they took two from, they t- they took two from uh, the Angels, two from Houston, and right now they're split with Colorado. Um, but I thought the Angels at the time were a hot team. Houston was a hot team, and... They're right back there. They're right back there and tied for second place in the West. They did have a good weekend against the Astros with a nice comeback victory um, in a fantastic game pitched by the Astros that just went out the door in the seventh, eighth, and the ninth, and then they went into extras. Did you see that balk called on Stanek? I think where he yes. flipped yep. out at the umpire. Uh, nasty stuff there in that game. But I do not have the Dodgers in my top 10. In fact, I have them at 13th, and they went up a spot this week. But my seventh team is a team that I had ranked 10th last week, and that is the San Francisco Giants. They are now up to 7th on my list. They're two and a half games back of that division. They are 17-7 and seven in the month of June, mm-hmm. tied with the Phillies for this third-best record in the month of June. They're playing great baseball. They're doing against good teams, too. Like, they had a great series against the Diamondbacks this week, even though I think they lost two of the three. They're just continuously winning baseball games and winning series. Other than the Cubs series and this Diamondback series, they've been on a roll. Talking about the Giants, right? Yeah, the Giants. No, the Giants did win, I think, two out of three from Arizona. Oh, they did take two of three. I thought I saw the Diamondbacks took, took the series on Sunday. No. Uh, I think they lost the series. My, I have my notes. I have Arizona losing and San Francisco winning. And th- then see, I, I have San Francisco in the same spot. They uh, took two, three out of four from San Diego, and they're they. For my notes, they took two out of three from Arizona. Yeah, you're right. Let's go. So you have the Giants in seven. Who's your sixth team? Sixth team, I have the Miami Marlins moving up a spot. Moving up a spot, they, that's right. You had them seventh last week. Yes, Miami is playing great ball. They're, uh, they took two from Boston so far. They nearly swept the Pirates in a four-game series. They didn't lose the, win the series against Toronto, but right before that, they swept Washington. And Yuri Perez is looking like Sandy Alcantara, what they expected this year. Yeah, and, last uh, week he was 12 innings, no runs given up, and I think he had like a 13K to not, K per nine. Ridiculous yeah, week last week. Kid, kid looks fantastic. I really hope they find a way and not shut him down. I have the Marlins also in sixth. That's where they were last week for me. I didn't think that they could move up in the standings, even though they went seven and three in the last week. I'm still nervous at their run differential being a negative two. Their winning yeah. expectations, 40 and 41. They are winning a lot of one-run ball games right now, which is good. you got to win the close ones. But uh, in the month of June, they are 18 and 7. That's the second-best record in all of baseball right now in the month wow. of June. And they're currently riding a five-game uh, five win streak right now. And they just swept the Red Sox tonight. 
So it'll be, it'll be a fun weekend series. They play Atlanta starting tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see if Today. the fish get fried uh, or if the Braves um, get get if the Braves get impaled by that Marlin uh, little swordfish sword, thing. The, the swordfish. Yeah. So yeah. who's your fifth team? Fifth team. Let me click my this tab over here again. Fifth team after Miami. They, who did you have sixth? I had my, the Marlins. That's what I said. Is okay, that they weren't moving. Okay. They, but I, I, they couldn't move up to me. This is where some movement starts happening um, in the backwards way. Baltimore falls mm-hmm. one spot for me. I think we might have the same top five then. I have Baltimore yeah. in fifth as well. Five and five. Uh, 42 and 37 is what their record is expected to be, but they're actually 48 and 31 coming into today. So they're overperforming. They're five games back in their division. They're not playing as well as they were a few weeks ago. Still a great team, just not top three like they should be. And they were fourth for me last week, so they're down a spot. Yep. My fourth team, uh, so the Diamondbacks? Yep, your fourth team, Diamondbacks. Okay, nope, I'm different than you. Oh, okay. Diamondbacks are 5-5 five and five in their last f- 10 games. Uh, they're beating good teams. They've got a plus 39 run differential in the month of June. They're 15-10, and 10, uh, a good team. But I, I think it's hard to put them ahead of the other three teams that I have atop my top 10. This was my back and forth, just like it was in with Texas earlier. But I have Texas fourth. Okay. Um, with the Diamondbacks being third. Um, Texas lost a series against New York, split it with Detroit, um, where I saw, I, 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 I don't know if it's because I've been watching the Diamondbacks more lately and mm-hmm. I feel like they hit a double or single steal second. And then the next guy hits them in and that's the kind of ball they're playing right now. They did lose the series to the giants, but they won the series against Washington and they so far have split against the Rays. Um, so that's why I had them, the Diamondbacks moving up into third for me. It, it, it was so close. Texas's offense is unbelievable, but Arizona right now, I think is playing right now is playing a little bit better ball. So Arizona is five and five in the last 10. Texas is six and four. Texas has a plus 160 run differential to Arizona's plus 39. So that's why I went with Texas over Arizona in my rankings. So we are to our final two. And I am going to do something that we haven't done at all this year, Michael. And I am putting the Atlanta Braves in the first spot overall for the first time. Absolutely. So the number one ranking is my team this week, the Atlanta Braves. In second place, the Tampa Bay Rays. For the first time in forever, <laughs> we have a new team atop our rankings. <laughs> and that's where we just got all our viewers right there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, baby. Everyone from Taylor Swift over to Barrels and Barrels. Let's That's go, right. baby. Well, from Frozen to Barrels and Barrels. That's Disney right there. But yes, the Atlanta Braves, 9-1 and one in their last 10. I mean, the best record in the month of June in all of baseball by three games. They are 20-4 and four this month. The next best team is 18-7. and seven. So two and a half and games. It just game. seems like the Braves go on a 10-game win streak. They lose, and they just start another one right start away. Start another one. Yeah, uh, the Rays have not been that great as of late. Four and six in their last ten. They're losing to some rough ball teams like the Royals. They've lost two of three, I thought, to the Athletics. 
they're not they're not playing the best baseball, even though that they have taken two out of three versus the Diamondbacks. But still, uh, yeah, uh, uh, shake up at the top. Yep, absolutely. I agree with you. The Atlanta. You look at the uh, overall MLB rankings and or standings, and Atlanta is only one game right now of, of this, as of this recording behind Tampa Bay. Yeah, and uh, I thought that was definitely close enough. Atlanta's nine and one in the last ten five game mm-hmm. winning streak. Yeah, it's no longer as uh, as big of a gap from Tampa having the best record in baseball. They're starting to come back to the field a little bit. So uh, a big shakeup at the top of our power rankings, Mikey. I'm proud of us. I think we're pretty close. Once again, there's some teams here and there, but uh, overall, pretty close. Yeah, last week last week we were nearly identical. Uh, this Almost, week, I think yeah. we had one team different out of our top ten. Yeah. So that is our power rankings, which again, this is the last time you'll see it in a regular podcast setting. You can find it on YouTube going forward. That is youtube.com at barrels and, on and Mondays. barrels pod on Mondays. Yes. This will be also coming out on Mondays every week from here on out. So we can try to keep it consistent to where everybody kind of sees what's going on and uh, we can continuously put things out when you know it's coming out. And again, this comes out on Mondays from now on. So expect a new power rankings within four days. There's probably not going to be much of a change, but we'll see. You never know. That Atlanta Marlins uh, weekend series is going to be fun. Yeah, that could shake up things quite a bit. Uh, if the Marlins came away with a sweep, uh, we're definitely not putting the Braves up there at the top. Or if the Braves sweep <laughs> the Marlins, the Marlins may not even be in the top 10 going forward uh, right. in a couple of days. So... Keep tuned for that, and there's another tease to go head on over to our YouTube page, at Barrels and Barrels Pod. That's a push to our YouTube page because we're pushing towards the end of this episode. We've already taken up about an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes of your time, so thank you for that. If this is your first time with our podcast, we hope you enjoyed it. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Please rate us, review us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Google Podcasts, or iHeartRadio Podcasts, as you heard at the beginning of the episode. If you give us a review, we'll give you a shout out and we'll read it on the uh, the old pod. As far as where you can find mm-hmm. us, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, that's at Barrels and Barrels Pod. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. We're putting out a lot more exclusive content within the last week. You saw a lot more videos on YouTube as well as a bourbon hunting trip, uh, which seemingly is the only thing that does well on YouTube here sometimes, Michael. That was entertaining, though. It was entertaining to see yeah. you walk through the store and see, see you you didn't necessarily find anything in that first hunt, um, but it was still entertaining to see uh, to walk through there. Yes, yeah, so I go take a look at my trip through a Mariano's in Chicago, and also big news, Michael. What? Two things. You can find us on TikTok. We are now on the talk at Barrels and Barrels Pod. Well, the kids and, at. And if you want shirts. We are now online. You can find our shirts at charliemikeneverweekend.com. Again, charliemikeneverweekend.com. If you go to our Instagram account and click on the link in there, our link tree should have a link to our T-shirt to buy. It's $25, so go check that out. You can also email us. We're thinking about getting some more merch. We've got the potential for hats on the way, maybe some glassware. There's a hint. So reach out to us. Sexy reach out to barrels and barrels at gmail.com. Also find us on Twitter at barrels and barrels. It's been a fun week in baseball. I can't believe we're already a halfway through the season. We're almost to July all-star seasons around the corner. We're going to start to get to trade season within the next two to three weeks. Oh, I love trade. The season. hot stove's going to kick up. The MLB draft is soon. The 
futures games around the corner. So a lot of baseball to come over the next few days and the next few weeks. So stay tuned for that. And again, keep looking for us out there on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter because we're going to try to put out as much content as we possibly can as a two-man band. That's right. Yeah, uh, there's only so much we can we can only so many teams and so much action that yep. we can cover. And there's 30 teams. There's 2,000 distilleries, and there's just the two of us. Just the two of us bringing you barrels and barrels pod. Just the two just of the us. Two of us. There and, we go. And I just saw on YouTube our actual views just went right. There. Oh, and wait, and then on, on another segment we're trying out. Uh, what you got in that bag? Oh yeah, what you got in that bag? Wednesdays, uh, where we reveal some of our what you got in that bag. Speaking of what you got in that bag, you got a Blanton's and an Eagle Rare today. Nice. Yes. Can, as long as you're paying decent price, you can never complain about that. It was right at MSRP, so I'm not going to complain about that. I'm not going to complain about anybody still listening. Thank you. Uh, we've had our best week as a podcast in views on YouTube, in Spotify plays, as well as Apple Podcast plays. And I just want to put a big thank you out there to all the listeners, all the viewers. You guys make this fun. You guys are what keep us coming back day in and day out. So a big thank you and a big here. A big cheers to our listeners and our viewers. There you go. So again, this has been episode 31 of Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon Baseball Podcast, the Greg Maddox episode. Mikey, as always, it's been a blast. I look forward to this day every week, and uh, I'm sad that now it's time to edit. (laughs) (laughs) If you're a professional editor who uh, wants to know. (laughs) Uh, If you want to make three cents per hour... (laughs) Just kidding. Hey, will we make it? Will we? Will we pull in it right now, Brandon? As a, as, as a business, you know, right now we're I, I, we're still looking for the sponsors. You yeah, know, still looking for sponsors to help us out. So, if you're a sponsor, or if you got a business, and you'd like to pay for a cool podcast about bourbon and baseball, we're all ears. But that was episode 31 of Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball podcast, where our proof is high, but our heat is higher. High proof, high heat. Michael Burns, you got any uh, good thoughts or some knowledge for our friends, families, and viewers before we let them go? Did you say go? Yeah, we let him go. Yeah, let's go.